Recorded live. This is an interactive, interactive. interactive podcast designed for audience participation. Come talk, talk, talk. text chat, or listen live at TalkShoe.com. Hey, this is Eric Fisher, and this episode is made possible in part by me and other listeners like me. I have a tight budget, but I choose to make a $3 donation each month to make sure that these great shows continue. Making a donation is easy. Just go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com and click on the PayPal Donate button. I don't even have to have a PayPal account to do it. And now, enjoy the show. We can't transmit because something else is already transmitting. Somewhere close, the signal's strong. What kind of transmission is it? Could be a sat phone, maybe a radio signal. Can we listen to it? Let me get the frequency first. Hold on. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 58 of the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. That was quite a pause that I'll have to edit out later. Now, I was wondering if I was supposed to be awake yet or not. That's you are supposed to be awake. In fact, we are uh, excited to come to you a second re- week in a row, recorded live in front of a live internet audience from all over the world. Well, you know we're not actually in front of them. Yeah, literally, we're in front of them, uh, um, whatever. No, we're not in front of them. Dude, just work with me here. You just called me dude. Dudette. (laughs) I love you. Okay, so... I'm going to throw this rum cake at you that your mom and dad brought us. Ooh, we have rum cake, don't we? Uh Uh-huh. We should open that up. From Mexico. I wanted to play a very special commercial that I found out on the internet, and I found this at collegehumor.com. And uh, I thought that this would be good for uh, those who are out there who are list- who are signing in via TalkShoe. And they're just signing in to our show because perhaps it's the only live one out there. And they're really not Lost fans at all. There are some people, believe it or not, there are people that don't get lost. I don't understand those people. But anyway, have you ever been like in a conversation and you don't know what to do because everybody's talking about Lost and you just don't understand well, then this no, is for you. No, that's never happened to me. I know. Well, <clears throat> if, if that's the case, this is for you. My friends and I like to go out to dinner, but about two years ago, things started to change. They were all watching this television show, Lost, and I couldn't keep up. I felt embarrassed, ashamed, and then my doctor told me I had Lost Discussion Deficiency Syndrome. LDDS affects one in every eight adults, but now there's help. Introducing Lostosil. Lostosil works in three stages. First, each episode of Lost is stamped onto your sensory system. Then, theories about what the show is really about are planted into your subconscious. Finally, trivia is chemically stapled onto your cerebrum. I always wanted to watch Lost. Some guy in the office kept promising to bring in the DVDs, but he loaned them to some temp who quit, and now he doesn't even have them. Lostosil doesn't make me enjoy Lost anymore, but it gives me all the information I need to make an informed opinion. I think I'm going to read that Stephen King book that Juliet was into. It won't help. J.J. Abrams is notorious for creating false leads. Remember the comic book in season one? Lostosil is not for everyone. Side effects may include paranoia, hallucinations, missing out on heroes, and hearing this from time to time. John, you okay? Thanks to Lostosil, I don't feel lost anymore. Except for Desmond, what is he 
Okay, can we can we wait for the commercial? Lost a cell. It's not the answer. But really, will there ever be one? <gasps> Lost in the news. Okay, I totally forgot about the fact that I needed to edit out that one word. Your commercial just I well, got us explicit. No, well, it'll be edited out of the the good version. Okay, so sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> anyway, I love that. I mean, it was a cool commercial. You got to admit. Uh, let's see here. We have a little bit of lost in the news, and uh, we are going to go ahead and um, listen to Lost Cleo, who's going to bring us our lost in the news. Okay. This is Stephanie, aka Lost Cleo, with your lost in the news for the week of November eighth, two thousand six. Dominic Monaghan is appearing in a new wildlife ad for PETA, that's People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. In the ad, Dominic encourages everyone to share the world, saying your actions can and do have an impact on the natural environment around you. Please consider a humane solution to wildlife issues in your community or in your own backyard. Josh Holloway is on the cover of November 2006 Men's Journal. The blurb about his article reads, As Sawyer, the anti-hero unlost, Josh Holloway is diabolically selfish. Off-screen, the genial southern gent is a trusted confidant, a devoted husband, and great to go fishing with. Kristen at E-Online has an interview with Michael Emerson, a.k.a. Henry Gale, slash Benjamin Linus. Emerson says that his trailer door still reads Henry Gale, and that's what the crew still calls him. So... Emerson still calls his character Henry, even though it was revealed that the character's real name is Benjamin Linus. When asked if Ben was the ultimate man in charge of the others, Emerson replied, Yeah, on the ground at least. On the island, he seems to be the last word. He seems to be sort of the mastermind or the president and CEO of this group, or maybe general or commander. Maybe a military term would be more appropriate, because they do seem to be fighting some kind of guerrilla war against an enemy. Although I'm still not sure who it is. The Dharma Initiative? Or whoever set up this island in the experiments? Maybe they've splintered off and rebelled or something like that. It will be made clear to us, I'm sure, at a time when it's appropriate. Goodbye and farewell, Mr. Echo. Depending on who you read, there are at least three reasons why Adewale Akinue Agbaje left. According to Kristen at Ian he was asked to leave because he was very difficult to work with. In the same story, executive producer Brian Burke is quoted as saying Echo's departure was planned. Story-wise, it was definitely the direction we're going. I don't know what our official answer is all on that, Burke later added, that Adwali asked to leave the show and that it was for personal reasons that we can't talk about. Or, according to USA Today, Akinui Agbaje asked to be written off the series. After losing both parents last year, he wanted to return to his London home and work on a film he'll direct. Over at TVGuide.com and Ask Osiello, Damon Lindelof has this to say about what fans can expect when the season picks up on February 7th. There are two bombs being dropped, one of which is a character bomb, and that will happen within the first three episodes after the break, and the other is a more significant story bomb, a game-changer as it were, and that will happen shortly after. You can find more information and links to these stories in the Generally Speaking Lost Forum located at ravenscraft.org slash lostforum. This has been Stephanie, a.k.a. Lost Cleo, with your Lost in the News. 
thank you very much there, Stephanie, for that awesome news segment. And uh, I have some additional news. Now, she actually put that together for last week's show. Okay. And like a complete heel, I forgot to include it in last week's show. So uh, here are some additional notes that I put together. Uh, first off, Stephanie, have you heard about the Lost Moments? Yeah, I watched one. Okay. Do you want to explain to our listeners uh, who may not be uh, aware of what the Lost Moments are, what they are? I can. Go ahead. They're lost moments. They're moments from scenes from the up from, from the upcoming episodes after the break that are playing. Are they only playing day, during daybreak? Uh, no. I, well, I'm not quite are sure. Are they playing throughout other shows as well? I'm sure they're just played. I, I think they're probably going to make their debut on daybreak. Okay. And be played throughout the week as lost promos. And then, okay. So anyway, we saw Lars on Wednesday night during daybreak. The first. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me, you know, hey, Cliff, you may not want to watch it. You'll be upset just like what they did in the uh, the official yeah, Lost video. It will Well, no, it's good because it, as far as I'm concerned, they're like the end of the show promos coming up on Lost kind of deal. Yeah. So they're just quick, edited, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was just, very quick. And it, it, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't like the the clip at the end of the official Lost video. Podcast. Yeah. Um, because number one, it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. And number two, it doesn't give you any information. Right. And, and I, I like those, oh, but it, it does give you, I mean, obviously it, it does show that Desmond's going to talk about, you, you want to know what happened to me? You don't want to know what well, happened it, to me. It shows he's going to yell about it. it exactly. It really show that he's going to talk about it. Exactly. So anyway, uh, it, they're but good. I, I think the only thing I got out of that whole lost moment was that Charlie doesn't really like as Desmond, does he? Uh, well... I think he's a little protect- protective of Claire. But anyway, I just want to let you know that <coughs> excuse me, that Mark Grace, yes. uh, one of our site administrators for the Generally Speaking Lost Forum, is posting uh, YouTube videos of Lost Minutes okay. in our forum. So just go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com, click on the GSPN Lost Forum, and go to uh, Lost in the News segment or section, and it's a sticky there. So it's like the first post each time you go into the news section, and he'll add those and and you can actually view them in the forum so that's pretty sweet uh next up rodrigo santoro has signed a contract for three more years you're kidding no three years of crappy lines well i doubt very much that he'll have crappy lines would uh well <coughs> i think we should make that a topic of discussion when we actually go to the live calls because uh, I, rather than talk about it here, I'd like to hear what some other people talk about. Oh, so he doesn't really want to hear what I have to say about it. He just wants to hear what everybody else has to say about it. Did I say that? Yeah. No, I so did not say that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just kidding. But I am gonna. When we get to it, okay. I'm gonna let you tell us what you think first because you are my, you are my all in all. <laughs> You're full of it. Keep Any- moving on. Anyway, um, so let's see here. Another topic. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, another topic. I'm trying to think. I, I think this is where we're supposed to go into live calls, and I just kind of got this all messed up. So, anyway, let's go into listener feedback. We have one listener call that came in on the voicemail that I want to play. Okay. And then we're going to start going into our live show. Okay. Okay. Is that cool? Uh huh. You I'm sure? Confused. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. It's my notes. Let's see here. Uh, listener feedback. <laughs> Yes. Colonel Locke, this line secure. Line secure, go ahead. 
Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target areas acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Yo, it's Andrew from Salt Lake. What's up, guys? Uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, I miss some uh, some things. Though. I miss Taco Night, and I miss 5 by 5 audio. How come we don't hear his little 10-minute spew of the, the episode's talk? Um, just thought that was cool when I first listened to you guys. I thought that was really neat because it made you feel like you watched the episode like in 10 minutes real quick. So I was just wondering where he went. That's all. Um, and I missed an old number. So I guess I got some stuff to get used to. Uh, Steffi, what's up? Uh, bring the Pooh Bears back. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Alrighty. And Andrew's experiencing some... Uh withdrawal from all of our changes that are happening at the Generally Speaking Weekly Loss Podcast. Uh, first of all, 5x5 five five audio dude. That would be Rem Levictois from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And uh, he is uh, working on some other projects and has a new interest in his life. And uh, so he is pursuing uh, better He's things. He's busy. He's busy. Uh, entertaining someone that he enjoys spending lots of time with. <laughs> We're happy for Rem. And, uh, you know, we do miss him. And, and I, I believe he'll be back for some uh, other stuff in the very near future. Perhaps we'll be able to twist his arm and have him come back. Okay. And the audio uh, clips, putting together the little short five-minute um, recap of what happened. If anybody's interested in doing that, all you need to do is send me an email at podcast at ravenscraft.org. And, uh, we but you got a really long time to think about it. Yeah, no doubt. It's not like you have to make a rash decision. <laughs> and our new telephone number, well, we'll talk about that in the Generally Speaking Podcast Network update. So anyway, I think that takes care of all this stuff that's really on this thing here, right? Yeah, very good. I'm feeling kind of jittery. Are you feeling jittery? Yeah, you... like I had like way too much caffeine or something. Could it have been that big, huge, full cup of hot tea you just had? Probably that I followed that that I that um. See, I can't even talk. D- 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 that's all, folks. I think I had like three or four cokes at Chipotle. So. Wow. Got <laughs> some serious caffeine high. No problem. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Let's see here. We're gonna go straight to some live calls now, because this is a live listener feedback. Yeah. something or other kind of podcast that we're and, doing. And these are the only listeners who are going to get to hear me in this week's episode. Because I'm going to edit it? you're going to edit it. <laughs> so if you're not listening live, you're not going to hear me at all. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, Evan, go ahead. Um, I wanted to ask, um, who do you hate more, Apollo Bar or Nike? I would say I hate Nike much more than I do Apollo Bar. Okay, we're going to ask people who are in there chatting... Uh, shout out real quick with a chat message. Who do you hate more, uh, Apollo Bar or Nike? And we'll see what everybody says. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Chef Mark says Jack. Uh, Lost Cleo. <laughs> you, you cannot enter things that are not options. Lost Cleo says neither. There's um, not an all of the above. <laughs> Rachel says that she hates both equally. Uh, skate, skater hater says Apollo Bar for sure. 
Anyway, good question. Let's uh, go to our next in line, which is Lost Cleo. Stephanie, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so um, I'm going to hang up when I get done with this because I don't want to waste all my minutes tonight. I don't get, I don't get three minutes until 9. That's no. only 7.30. Oh, okay. Well, when you hang up, you'll still be able to hear this streamed via the chat client. I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about the creative process because I think some people have been pretty hard on the writers and the whole process. That's horrible that, that somebody on. would be hard on them. I know. I, can you believe it? We're such a wonderful group of people. I know. <laughs> go ahead and, and tell us what you think. Podcast. Well, what I think is that, you know, there's this whole process and it's the writers don't write in a vacuum. You know, they have um, ultimately the final... Um, the final say-so is J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof, and Carlton Hughes. They have to sign off on those scripts. And um, I do agree that the rating has not been as good these first six episodes as it has been the first two seasons. Um, but I think part of the problem, uh, part of the the discussion that's been going on forgets that there's a, a whole group. There's editors, there's directors, there's executives that have to sign off on the scripts before they actually start signing, um, filming them. Well, um, I'll tell you what, I will respond to that. Um, and thank you very much, Stephanie, for calling in. And, uh, you know, I was a bit maybe harsh last week with my talk of how the writers seem to not really communicate well with one another. And uh, the creative process, I will agree that, that they're not in a vacuum. I, I do believe that they do communicate. But I, I, I guess my, my beef is that they have different writing teams writing different plot lines, and sometimes those don't fit like a puzzle piece, like as if you had one huge writing team or one, one writing team kind of flowing and and having all the ebb and flows go together whereas you know I still remember I, I don't remember any major tying up loose ends of the of the Sawyer I'm the new sheriff in town if you want guns you're going to have to come and get them from me I mean that that kind of was just dropped and I mean that was like a major major event in that that particular episode and that was season 2 and and these are some of the things just the minor nuances that I've noticed, but yes, I, I will give them credit that I mean the the lost writers do some amazing things, but there are so many t untied ends that that kind of just seem to be like okay, these writers thought that this was important and this is the direction they wanted to go, and and the next writing team who wrote the next episode say, uh, let's let's kind of just ignore that happened for a little bit, you know, because we really want to tell this story and and focus on this and. That really doesn't fit into what we say. And and I think one of the listeners last week who had called in had said something that made the most sense to me. And that was um, that you have the different writers on different writer teams who have their pet characters, if you will. And they kind of do really good at writing those particular characters. And so the, the Sawyer, I'm sure that the writing team that really uh, understands and tries to perpetuate the story of Sawyer was on that team where he was the new sheriff in town and the episode right after that didn't have somebody who was like a Sawyer expert and they kind of just they kind of just let that flow a little bit. Does that make sense, Stephanie? Yes. Okay. Very cool. All right, uh Chef Mark Tafoya is on here and uh we're going to bring him on. Uh Chef Mark, what do you got to say? Hey there. 
Uh, well, actually, yeah, I, I'm glad that Stephanie brought up that point because, in, in a way, I sort of agree with both of you. I think that, you know, she does have a point when she says that you have to take into account the, the creative process. Um, but I do really agree with you that it's like, it, it seems like they, they've got too many balls in the air. They've been juggling too many storylines. And um, while it is true that there are different teams working on different subplots, the reality is that it's all one writing team. If you've ever been in the writing room of a, of a television show, it's all one room, and then they go off and they get different assignments. So um, the, the reality is that it is the executive producers that are looking over all of it, and it's really their, their job to, to keep it all together. I think what's really at play is that you've got someone like J.J. Abrams, who is now the hot producer in Hollywood, and so they're creating all these new shows, like Six Degrees and all these other shows he's working on, and so the focus and the attention isn't 100% on sort of the hit show that they that, that is sort of sort of their uh, number one in their um, in their roster. And what they've done is they've introduced so many storylines, and they've gotten people very excited by introducing different storylines. But then you've got all these balls in the air that you're trying to juggle, and you forget about some of them along the way. And that's that's a big mistake. Because as I mentioned last week, you know they brought up this this cliffhanger at the end of the the year with Penelope and the Brazilian team who was monitoring the, the signals coming from the island. And we haven't heard one thing about it in the first six weeks. And here we're going to go another 13 weeks. So it's going to be basically half a year before that gets even touched upon, if, if that. Yeah, I agree. In fact, Mark, um, one of the, the issues that I have is, is that Penelope and Brazilian guys uh, in the Arctic, I mean, it, the, the fact that they left that off, it, it just, you know... It's sort of a waste of the build-up. You know, if if you wait too long, you know, you've made this build-up, it's a great suspense, and then you wait too long to resolve it, it's almost, you know, people, they, they lose interest in it. Absolutely. And in fact, I mean, it was it was the cliffhanger of, of season two. Am I not right? Right. And, right. And exactly. How, how and then you... you've got this other smaller issue that happened within this six-week arc, which is how did Saeed get back to camp and where the heck are Sun and Jim? And, you know, why didn't he, he say anything about the boat? I'll tell you, um, so one of our listeners uh, did an awesome thing. I don't know if you've uh, checked out my personal blog, but if you go to uh, just ravenscraft.org, and uh, I'm trying to pull it up now, and I'm trying to, let's see here. One of our listeners to the Weekly Lost podcast came up with this great animated GIF. Uh, it was Greg Graham. Uh, Mark, have you seen that little uh, animated GIF that he put together? No, I haven't. No, I'm I'll, gonna, I'll try to do it now. I'm, actually, I'm going to go ahead and reload it and see if I can pull it up from its first initial screen. It says, "Then I just showed." Yeah, okay, back at the beach. Here we go. And then we there were gunshots. This is Saeed talking. And Jen dove in the water and saved Sun. And then it switches to Locke, and he says, "Wow, that's amazing." Uh, what happened next? And then it switches to Saeed. Uh, then I just showed up here. And Sun and Jin are nowhere to be found. And it switches to <laughs> Locke. Do you think that sort of ruins the continuity of the story? Saeed says, well, yes, John. But the powers that be have assured us that by the end of the show, all the viewers' concerns will be addressed and it will come up, it will all come together. And then Hurley says, he says, dude, they're doing a great job of listening so far. I mean, dude, people were complaining about the red shirts not doing anything. 
and then it switches over. <laughs> you, to to really enjoy this, you have to see this online, and it shows John with a puzzled look on his face. And yeah, I'm seeing it now. Said yeah. says, "But Nikki and Paulo aren't red shirts; they're just new main characters." And I can see the future, and you were totally going to die next. It, it's Dave's been talking to Saeed. <laughs> oh, man. So Greg Graham did a wonderful job on that. And if you guys uh, get a chance, go to ravenscraft.org. That's my personal forum and, or uh, blog. And uh, th- that was posted on November 16th, 2006. So if, if it gets pushed down in the uh, history, just keep going back. Uh, so th- what do you think about yeah, that, Mark? Yeah, very cute. Didn't he do a wonderful job? Yeah, and it's I, he he went onto the cutting room floor and found this footage and sort of reassembled it. Is that what he did? Yeah, I think so. All righty, Mark. <laughs> so here's here's the deal. Let's go ahead and talk about Rodrigo Santoro for just a moment. Okay, let's um, do that. Apollo Bar, uh, and the you fact dropped that the man. What's that? You dropped the man. What do you mean? I dropped the man. He was Apollo Bar man, and now he's just Apollo Bar. Oh, okay. So Is he like Apollo Bar boy now? No, he's just Apollo Bar. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I want to know what you think. This whole signing a three-year contract, signing on for an, for an additional three years. I think that takes what... Um, I think Rodrigo signing a three-year contract says that Carlton and Damon lied in saying that it would only be four or five seasons. Okay. I, I think that, that that makes their statement that this would definitely be... Four or five seasons, crap. Because if we're in season three, and he signed a contract for three more seasons, that's six seasons. Am I am I right or am I wrong? That, your math is perfect, spot on, as Charlie would say. Am I white or am I wrong? Now nobody's gonna get that inside joke. You will. I I get it, and and you and I can. And I'll be explain in, it in, on a my crazy life sometime. The Emma Wong story. Anyway, um, yeah, here here's what I want to say because this was this came up in the. Generally speaking, lost forum today okay. in the in the news segment or okay. section. Uh, there was somebody that said, you know, well, this means that there's obviously going to be three more years of lost at least. That's, um, that's the way they make it sound. Well, here's my thinking. Okay, now when I studied oh, for insurance, give me a headache. yes, it Go is, ahead, and I'm going to gonna use I'm going to try to use a big word and, and sound like I know all kinds of cool stuff when really I, I I don't know much. But anyway, when I study for my insurance license. You had to take uh, a course in contract law. Okay. Now it's it's my I don't know very much about the television industry. Okay. So I I, I I submit to you all that this is all my own personal opinion based upon no fact whatsoever. But I do know that there is a such thing as called a unilateral contract. Okay, and unilateral means it's it's one way. Right, got that. That means that only one party to the contract sets the provisions of the contract and the things that must be agreed to. And it's my opinion that ABC, Disney, whoever, has drawn the provisions of this contract. And it is a contract that says, you, Rodrigo Santoro say to us that you guarantee us by contract that you will make yourself available to us for three years. So they're... They're not obligated by the contract. So they can... He has agreed for three years, but they can say, look, they're writing you crappy lines. you got to go. Well, like or tomorrow. More, more specifically, <laughs> it could move the story along... Cool. It could move the story along that, oh, you know what? We just that came up... And and therefore, 
you know, you're going to die at the end of season four. And he says, well, I have a contract. Well, uh, he wouldn't say this because I, I believe that this is the way it works. And, okay. and I'm just going to make believe for a second until one of my smarter listeners come on here and tell me I'm wrong. Which that's cool because I, I'm okay with being wrong every now and then. Uh, but anyway, here here's the deal. So my thinking is that they kill him off. If they were to kill him off at the end of season four, because let's say they cancel Lost. I don't think it'll happen, but let's just say they do. Well... Rodrigo Santoro can't say, ABC, you can't cancel us because you promised me three more years on your show. Right. No. What they what they promised was an out was a unilateral contract that says, you promised us that Got if it. you're, I don't care if you do movies, I don't care if you do another TV show, you're going to guarantee us that when we want you here to record, you're going to be here when we need you. And if we cut you loose, if we kill you off on the island, or if we close down the show... Uh, in this contract, for for your agreement to be available for three years, this is how much we will pay you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what how that contract uh, works out. Okay. And so Remarkable Mark, good old friend Chef Mark, is going to come online and he's going to tell me perhaps maybe if he thinks I'm onto something here or if I'm just blowing hot air. I think, I think you're, no, I think you're absolutely right. I used to be an actor and while I'm never a regular on a TV series, um, I was on Broadway, and uh, I've done some films, and that's a very standard contract that you're talking about. Very um, cool. Thank Athens you. Law. It makes sense. It, it and, makes sense. Yeah, and what it is is they, they basically, as you explained, you give them the right first refusal to have you anytime they need you, so that if you get, like, let's say, uh, hiatus, uh, you get another movie, if for any reason they decide we need to start filming in the middle of July, well, they can call you back, and uh, your other movie has to let you go. Um, and but usually, you know, they work it out so that they're pretty certain when the, the scheduling is going to be. So that, uh, the actors are able to take other jobs, and it enables, you know, someone like Eric McCormick from Will and Grace to come do three months of Broadway during the hiatus of the show. Um, but yeah, that's pretty you can cancel the show at any time. They could kill your character at any time. And sometimes, if you've got a really good agent, you could get a provision in there that says that if they kill your character with, without it. Uh-oh. Mark, you dropped. The wonderful power of Skype. But yes, we w- thank you very much, Mark, for, for confirming that. And, and that's why I love having these live shows, because I don't have to wait and get like 40 emails saying, Cliff, you're, you're right, or... Or more importantly, 40 uh, emails where they all say, Cliff, you're totally wrong. So people can tell me I'm wrong or right right away. Uh, let's see here. So uh, anyway, um, that's pretty awesome. Mark, I didn't know that you were an actor once and or, or still are. And uh, that's exciting. So um, yeah, so I, I don't think that this confirms in any way that Lost is guaranteed to be gone for another three seasons. Okay, I agree with you now. Uh, okay, very cool. Let's go ahead and bring Nigel on. Nigel, can you hear us? Give us a topic. What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Um, you put me on the spot. Uh, I don't know any of the topics I send in. So you want me to read out? Okay, so Nigel, let's see here. Predictions for season three uh, as far as for, for the big picture. Let, let's hear some of your predictions for season three uh, going into after the hiatus. What do you think is going to happen? Well, my theory is that um, we won't be seeing... Um, Jack Kay and Sawyer for a long time after the hiatus. I think it's going to switch back to the island, the other island. Okay, that's a good one. Any other predictions? Also, I think uh, it's going to be a lot about Desmond 
uh, Lost Cleo mentioned a character bomb. I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, that that very well could be. Anybody else out there want to chime in uh, with your predictions of things that you think are going to happen? Uh, if so, go ahead and hit the well, request think, to talk. I Stephanie, go they, ahead. They have to. Um, they have to mention Jack, Kate, and Sawyer right off because Jack only has an hour before he has to sew up Ben's kidney. You know. Okay, so, so they can't leave that. They cannot leave that open <laughs> no for pun, four days. No pun know? intended. No pun intended. Um, they, they can't leave that storyline open for more than the first two episodes. At, at most. Well, here, here's otherwise the th- you just need to know that Ben's dead and. Well, here, here's how they could do it. They could do a Apollo Bar and Nike flashback, which is all in the past. So yeah. it's kind of like Lost is frozen in time, yeah. and then they could go back to. That would be such an exciting they, episode. They could take all the time frame of of what happened in the first six episodes, which was what three days. Four days, something like that. Something like that. They could actually go and pick up from the Brazilian guys in the Arctic and Penelope, and do those three or four days that is happening simultaneously as these things are happening on the island. They could, but I'm which would be I'm speaking to Nigel's right. Think saying that he thinks that they're not going to answer that they're going to go back to island stuff too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they do have to answer that. I agree. I I think that if if they're not going to go. In a totally other direction, they have to answer that. Right. That, that's all I'm saying. I, I do agree, but it would I'm feeling be... kind of grumpy tonight. Are you? You are a little grumpy. I'm feeling kind of grumpy. That's horrible. I'm just... I don't know what's wrong with me. Do you want to just go to bed and I'll finish this with our little friends Might online Might as well. Here? You're talking all the time anyway. Well, you, oh my goodness. Keep going. What's next? I'm going to have to edit you out. All that little grumpy talk. Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so Troy, you got something on your mind. What's up? Hey, here's my prediction for season three. I think Kate is just going to appear on the beach and they're not going to ask for dress Sawyer or Jack for a while. Hmm. Good prediction. No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. That's a joke, you know, on the Saeed and Jen and oh. fun thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't really want to say that sucked. <laughs> you were so polite, though. I was trying to be, <laughs> but I'm glad you <laughs> saved me. <laughs> Do you have any other but predictions? I do, I have, I've got one, three, four spots along the way. Uh, you addressed it. thought that I, I've, I had the same idea as well when Ben was promising Jack he was going to take Jack home. You know, he was referencing Ben's home, which was a larger island. You know, and you know he couldn't say that with a straight face. Uh, I'm curious why the hatch, while it imploded, you know, just left this huge hole. I don't know where you know, that stuff would have gone or, you know, what the significance of the hole was. Uh, then I'm interested as well, the smoke monster between physical and, you know, other than this nanobots theory that was, you know, trounced, you know, how the heck is something, you know, smoky going to be solid? Uh, and then there was one question along the way I wanted to show that Echo not being uh, in flashbacks but still being on the show and he could be, uh, you know, show up in other people's visions like, you know, Emmy did. And I wouldn't put, you know, uh, Locke is going to eat some more of that paste. Who knows what happens then? <laughs> and then lastly, it's true, it's true. Uh, there have been references to Planet of the Apes. And in the second Planet of the Apes, uh, the humans that were on 
you know, over in the Forbidden Zone, they uh, were like worshiping the last atomic bomb on the planet. And I wonder if there's not some kind of, or there could be something where the smoke monster monster is some kind of, uh, you know, deity or whatever that the others, you know, treat reverently. I wonder. Right. Yeah. I... Okay. So there's my there's my thoughts. Very cool. Thank you very much, Troy. So uh, Chef Mark is back on the line. Uh, we'll give him one second here. Uh, Mark, what you got? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, Stephanie, you're my all in all. Don't leave. Don't be upset. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm just cranky. <laughs> <laughs> and just real quick, I think uh, Gregory had typed into the chat that his question was about the episode three minutes. And he he was asking if anyone else had seen the smoke monster in the, the circle of torches around there. Is that right, uh, Gregory? He's saying thanks. I think that's, yeah, that's what he was asking in the chat. Did you guys see that or notice that? Uh, I did not. Uh, Stephanie? She's thinking. Three minutes. Which one was three Yeah, minutes? That was the one where... That was the episode where Michael got to see Walt. And, and they showed the whole... They hold the, they showed the whole jungle scene from the other's perspective. Yes. From yeah, and Gregory just typed in. He said, uh, no one's noticed, but I watched it on DVD, and it's there. Okay, very cool. I wonder if it was added later. Mark, where, where do you think we should steer this show? Um, well, I don't, well can I take it off topic for just a second and remind everyone that this coming week is Thanksgiving. Yes. Off topic? And, no uh, way. This show <laughs> off topic? Never. If you don't mind a shameless plug, if people are looking for recipe ideas, they can find them on our website at the Gilded Fork. And at the GildedFork.com, we have tons of Thanksgiving recipe ideas and a lot of good holiday gift ideas, too. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. If anybody's interested, uh, Chef Mark does, check it out. He does a wonderful podcast called um, The Remarkable Palette. And he has a website, and it's called, is it the Gilded Fork, you said? At a guild with book, uh, G-I-L-D-E-D-F-O-R-K.com. Uh, Mike, and is it Dachuk? Dachuk. Dachuk. Hey. Hey, Mike, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing, Cliff? Hi, Stephanie. Hello. So, so Mike, uh, what are you doing during the hiatus? Uh, wishing uh, 13 weeks would pass by really quick. If you watch Daybreak, it will. <laughs> I've got too much TV to watch already. I agree, so do I, but it was worth it. <laughs> So, so uh, Mike, tell me, do you think Cliff and Stephanie are a little too harsh on the writers of Lost? Uh, I thought you were a little harsh on the last episode. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. And what is it that you enjoyed about that episode? Well, you know, you, you guys are a little hard on uh, Sawyer and, and Kate. Basically, they, like, they're kind of meant for each other, and that's, that's the point. Right. Yeah, but just because somebody's made for each other doesn't mean it, it's fun to watch. Well, I, I, I think what... Well, my, my brother dated a girl that was made for him, but that doesn't mean that they were really right for each other. Well, hold, hold on. Before we get into argument... I mean, you don't, go ahead, Mike. You don't, have to love every, you don't have to love every part of the show. I mean, some things that make you mad are still going to make you want to watch it. You know, it's like watching a car wreck or something. It's not exactly fun to watch, but you're watching it anyways. Yeah. I, right. I, I agree with you. I don't have to watch. I don't have to like everything that they put in the show. My 
greatest complaint about these first six episodes were that I don't feel like they, except for um, further instruction, that I don't feel that they delivered what they had promised. Yeah, it, the the fact is, is that well, I was going to say that yeah, they they didn't deliver everything they promised. But even uh, Damon and Carlton have said that they don't say what what's going to happen week to week. So when you see those promos and it says next week is going to be the greatest episode, they they really don't. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. They're they're really not trying to uh, uh, maybe put the show off as it's going to be all that super awesome. I don't know. I enjoyed the, the first six episodes a lot. Uh, I thought that they told a great story and they're, they're going to set it up for a great uh, couple of, uh, I guess, that 17 episodes. Right. Well, I, I will agree with you, uh, Mike, that that I, I, liked, I liked four of the six episodes. I thought they were great. Uh, as far as the whole uh, you know, being hard on Sawyer, it, it, that's just a personal issue and, and I was, I just think that, you know, that the writers were focusing too much attention, but that was a personal opinion and a feeling of mine. And obviously, you know, our podcast is, is very strongly what, you know, Cliff and Stephanie think. And because I can't, I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional broadcaster that can put my first personal feelings aside. Well, I, I, I could be, but that's not what podcasting is about. This is really where, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much sharing my own personal feelings and opinions and, and and I'm more into Lost for this sci-fi mystery kind of stuff, and seeing Sawyer and and Kate kissing and getting naked together, it, it just absolutely does nothing for me, and 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 it, and it pretty much basically slows down the final episode where they could be doing some really exciting things, which, like I said, something for me, I would have loved to seen an Alex flashback or something of it. But again, I I agree that I'm I'm harsh on on Sawyer and Kate and. And and stuff. I, it's just personally, I'm just tired of seeing them. I, I'm, I I think that during the summer, Damon and Carlton uh, talked all about. You know, they, they personally said a couple things. Number one, they said Kate's finally going to choose. You know, and it's like all six episodes seem to be. You know, oh, she's gonna choose. No, she's gonna choose. No, she's gonna choose. And I'm like, dude, just tell us who she's gonna choose right. and get it over with. Don't let that be the cliffhanger. Um, so I, I mean I think that they put too much emphasis on that. They drug it out. They drug it out, and and it's still, in my opinion, it's not clear. I don't think it's clear that she chose Sawyer, uh, and we shared that in our last live call. Uh, but anyway, not only that, but there's another issue, and that is that during the summer, this is during Comic Con, I believe it was. They said this, and and I and and Mike said, you know, well the the writers really have little control over the. The f- next episode will change everything. Right. I, I I'm not talking about that. that, but I'm talking about Damon and Carlton themselves saying with their own words, oh, there's going to be more relationship and there's going to be action and adventure because we really want to get into some action and adventure. Now, they were talking about season three as a whole. Okay. And I realized that. So what what's to follow could be some but massive they also, no, action. But they also very much built up this little mini series that they created. They did. They I agree. They even called it a mini series. Yes, they did. Anyway, <laughs> people know that I don't think they delivered. But did was it just more relationship, or did they use what else did they say? They say action packed, and did they say romance? 
or yeah, they said they romance, but th- th- what they meant is sex. They well, were, then they should have said sex. They did because they, they, they did. They said there's going to be sex. There's going to be more of that on the because they were talking about okay. getting busy and stuff yeah. like that. So they they, so they were pretty straightforward. So next time there's sex on the show, just like have them shower first, <laughs> not do it on the dirty ground. Stephanie Ravenscraft. What? It's just gross. Oh my goodness! This thing, this this podcast is going down here. We're, yeah, we're arguing with our listeners. Off, lay it down on the ground underneath her or something. We're arguing with our listeners. You're cranky. I think you've I'm got just me arguing cranky with myself. Just... Poor Mike. I'm not arguing with Mike. <laughs> no, I said because he's not there. <laughs> no, Mike, Mike's right there. I know. I'm saying I'm arguing with Mike, and I, I don't mean to. Okay. But but I'm I, I'm being defensive, and I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> ah, Skater Hater. Oh, Skater wants to talk. Let him talk. Okay. Go ahead, How Skater Hater. Um, well, it, a lot of people have been talking about it, and it's kind of um, well, kind of odd to, to assume that Daniel knows Ben, you know, especially with the way that uh, that we kind of got introduced to Ben in the first place with um, him being stuck in the trap and the fact that, you know, she shot him and pretty much convinced Saeed to take him and torture him and get information out of him. You know, it just uh, doesn't really seem like it was all a part of a plan, especially with all the stuff that we know about her past and, you know, everything that she's been through and how long she's been on the island. It just that kind of stuff. So you don't think that she knows Ben at all? What What about the... Uh, what was your first name again? Marius. Marius, okay, thanks, Marius. Um, Marius, do you think that it's possible? And and obviously, I, I know that you said you don't think that she knows Ben, but let me ask you: Do you think it's possible that the Dharma people, or the other, I'm sorry, the others that we've met so far, could possibly be the research team that landed on the island with Danielle? You know, honestly, uh, you could believe anything at this point, and anything is possible. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know, I, I have to kind of disagree with that being a possibility. Um, this number of things kind of, kind of just go against that. Um, well, I mean, every, every single scene that we've seen Danielle in with, with, you know, the lost seeds that we were introduced to in the first season, just kind of show that she doesn't know anything, you know, I mean, she's been stuck in that, that bunker of hers that um, I assume that they actually built when they first crashed on the island, and she's been drawing maps and charts and, you know, all these different things to kind of understand what's going on, and, I mean, it's, it's everything that we've learned about her points in another direction, you okay. know, and she hasn't really done anything to, to help the others um, or or to, you know like, to assist them in their purpose or or whatever they're doing. Um, so it kind of seems like she's her own thing, very much like uh, Desmond, and the others are, you know, on their own thing as well. Right. Couldn't you consider her stringing Ben up in a net and helping him get into their camp, helping them? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a possibility, and I can't say that I'm certain that that's not true. Yet, I mean, you know, she shot the guy. And how, how, how can you just shoot someone with an arrow and just assume he's going to survive, you know, and not worry about it, and you know, let some guy who is torturing people just take him off and have his maybe they had a really bad argument. And, 
Stephanie, Stephanie would probably like to shoot me in the shoulder and uh, have me carried off to be <laughs> tortured every now and then. So it, this is a little bit more believable for me here. <laughs> I think I think okay. I think Mike probably Mike Dochuk would uh, probably like to see me shot with the thing to to bring him in to the conversation forcibly and then get all defensive, <laughs> right, Mark? <laughs> right, Mike? No comment. Uh, here, here's here's the thing. I, I'm gonna. Uh, he says no. It's all cool. Okay, so Mike's not mad at me. So here's the thing. I, I, this is this is coming to me as as I'm thinking about this. I, perhaps Danielle is with Ben and Juliet, and she lives, you know, remember they showed us the whole row of houses in the little, little community there on the island? Perhaps that one of those houses is Danielle's, because she does seem to be pretty well taken care of. I mean, pretty sure. Odd. But, but the thing is, is that um, she did it kind of bring Ben into... The to the the Losties camp. She did. I mean, yes, she showed shot him in the shoulder with an arrow. Is that questionable? Does that make the theory questionable? Yes and no. Um, she did take him directly to Saeed because she knew how he would react. Yes. But she didn't take him to Jack because she knew that Jack would react in a different way. Right. Um, she kidnapped baby Aaron in the season finale of. Season one, as a distraction, mm-hmm. or could be thought to be a distraction. Um, you know, she got information out of Saeed when she found him in the jungle. Any of the things that she's done can either be considered she's on, she's her, on own. her own, or or she's part of them. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying is that. That, you know, first of all, everything we've seen or been told so far seems to point that, no, she's not a part of them. But everything we saw of Ben kind of pointed, no, he sounds like he's got a believable story. And then all of a sudden they show us the driver's license. It's like, no, Henry Gale was this guy. You know, we didn't find your wife. We found Henry Gale. I mean, so, I mean, I and here and here's here's the thing that only really kind of says, okay, this has some some teeth to it. This theory has some teeth to it. The fact that um, Ben on the operating table asked if Alex had asked about him. Did Alex ask about me? That says to me, possibly. It's. I'm just saying. I'm not saying this is it. Right. I know. But this is a possibility, and this is a very real possibility in my mind. Very almost like likely that Ben and Danielle, husband wife, Alex is Danielle's daughter, but also Ben's daughter, and I believe that this whole story about the illness and the sickness and all that stuff, all manufactured. The story that. They came and took my daughter, manufactured, all of those things, and and yeah. Th- so that's what I'm thinking. Anyway. I mean, they all have dressed in rags and snuck around through the jungle. They all carry rifles. Yeah. It, it, it's very... Would you believe we actually have three people waiting in queue to actually talk on this? And we're going to start with Marius first. Go ahead, Marius. All right. Uh, I just wanted to just comment. Um, uh, don't you think there'd be a slightly easier way to bring Ben into their camp, uh, for example, walking into their camp, um, rather than having him trapped and then 
trick Saeed to believing that Daniel trapped him and then shooting him. And, and I mean, you know, it's kind of a, a risky process for such a smart group of people that has the talent for infiltrating, you know, survivors on the island. I, now, I, I disagree because they have already um, walked into the camp and with two different people, with um, Ethan and with Goodwin, and they both ended up dead. Yeah, and not only that, but is, isn't it reasonably just as easy to say, well, don't you think it would have been easier to just say, Jack, hey, you're a spinal surgeon and I've brought you here to operate on me, uh, rather than going through some elaborate plan to put uh, you know, Jack into this thing, to in, into the Hydra station and try to break him and and also bring Sawyer and Kate and and um, uh, torture them, if you will, and and put them to work in the way they do. I mean, it, and then all of a sudden, and then go and uh, attack the the sailboat, the people on the sailboat, and possibly hurt son. I mean, these are not things that are going to make Jack. You know, th- th- let's just put it this way: the others have never been known to do things the easy way. No. And so, uh, I don't know. Uh, Chef Mark wants to comment on uh, this whole little new thing that we're on here. So, what do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with you 100% on that, but it actually is kind of an intriguing possibility. And it, something you said actually made me uh, think about the, the musical Sweeney Todd, if anyone's familiar with that, uh, the musical. It's about a, a demon barber, this guy who comes back from... Uh, from being sent away to Australia to a, to a penal colony, and he ends up taking revenge on everyone who did them wrong. And one of the interesting storylines in that musical is there's this crazy woman, this crazy, insane beggar woman that keeps showing up throughout the musical and just annoying him and annoying people. And uh, finally she gets in the way right at the moment where he's trying to take revenge on the judge who uh, who sent him away and took, and took away his wife. So she's in the way, so he ends up killing her to get her out of the way, so he can kill the judge. And he finds out later that he that the beggar woman was his wife, uh, but they didn't know about it. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all. But it's sort of it, it, the, the possibilities uh, are are interesting there of sort of some connection uh, between the two that maybe if indeed she is insane and has lost her mind, that maybe she's forgotten about a connection between the two. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the the there's definitely, if you ask me, there's the possibility that they could certainly uh, bring her in, and and if Lost Cleo is right, and they're going to bring two bombs in in the next sixteen episodes, one of those bombs could be, hey, remember what you thought about Danielle? Ha ha, dun dun dun. All right, uh, Mike, you were on uh, the queue there. What do you got to say? Okay, well, first of all, I think that uh, Danielle actually knows about the others, and she's in contact with the others. She might not know where they live, but it's definite that, that she's in contact with them. And I'm thinking that she probably could make a deal with Ben to get Alice back. Uh, you know, if you take me to the others' camp and make it look like I'm the enemy, maybe we can work something out. Perhaps maybe barter to get your daughter back, maybe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because everything she's done thus far has been to get Alex back. Uh, when she took Claire to the medical hatch, it was to find some trace of, of, of Alex. Um, when she took uh, Aaron in the season finale, it was to get Alex back. She was like a trade for, for the other baby. I think maybe they, they keep teasing her with, with, yeah, we know where Alex is, 
and uh, we're we're not going to give her back unless you help us. It's one of like Ben's double crosses. Like Jack's not going to get off the island unless he helps uh, uh, heal Ben, something like that. Right. So so you believe that? Well, then if this is Mike, right? Yes, this is Mike. Mike, if your theory is correct, that proves Ben is not a man of his word, because he would keep using Danielle and never following through with his promise to give and, Alex back. And, and I, I don't think Ben. Go ahead, Mike. Sir, I don't think I don't think Ben follows through with seeing his promises. I think he does what he does to further whatever it is that uh, is going to help the island. I think that uh, the others are not part of the Dharma Corporate or Dharma. Uh, foundation institute, whatever the hell it's called. But uh, I think that they were on the island to begin with. Dharma came in, and they basically threw them all out. Uh, it was like a, a step where we're going to come in and help you. Uh, you guys have a, a disease, and we're going we're gonna to help cure it. And then when they found out that uh, that it was a disease, they kind of killed them off, the, the, the remaining other people. And I think that then we'll make whatever decisions uh, to save to save the, the people on the island, his, his group of others. Okay, you cut out just a little bit at the end. But I, I get the gist of what you're saying, Mike, and that is that, that Ben is not de- – he's definitely not concerned with keeping his word. Uh, we've been led We've been led to think that he keeps his word because of him allowing – uh, Walt and Michael to go, but we're we're still not. I don't think really don't, anybody is completely one hundred percent sold on the fact that that's happened. Uh, we have Marius back on the line. Marius, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to agree with the things that Mike was saying. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen you know the previous season, but everything that I could remember about Danielle and everything she's done is, I mean, it completely pointed in that she was on her own thing, you know, completely solo and. And for such a long time left in the island, it kind of, you know, you, you completely change. Um, but everything that she did as far as, you know, kidnapping the baby, she went straight across the island to the beach, you know, and, and was waiting for them to show up, hoping to do a trade. You see that she was really serious and completely disappointed when it didn't work. And she was uh, taking, you know, Claire and Kate down to um, the medical, the, I believe it was called staff. Uh, you know, she, she went there for a purpose. And when she found out that the reason she went there, it didn't, it didn't come through for her, you can see once again that she was completely disappointed because she wants to stop her back. And if okay. there was any relationship between her... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, we're still listening. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if there was any relationship between her and the others or, or her and Ben, you know, as far as... Um, a more intimate relationship goes, and let's say the possibility of her um, being a father, uh, there there would really be no reason or no purpose for her doing the things that she did and showing the, the emotion that she showed. You know, and it's just, I mean, and once again, with this show, it could be either way. You know, they can throw something in us and, and we have to take it. But all the evidence that I've seen, you know, just points that, that all she wants is her kid back, and that's what she's been doing for the last 16 years. And I absolutely agreed with that until they showed Tom's little theater get up. There's no reason that if Tom can be a theater major that that Danielle can't be a theater major also. Right. You know, maybe she's just really a good actress. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe she's just a really insane woman who's been in the jungle 
for 16 years. Yeah. Either way will work. But the the one problem with your theory that I've helped support for you and Mike's theory that he he was saying that um, he believes Ben's group was there before Dharma and, right. and things like that. Um, the the problem with both of those is that Ben has stated that he's been on the island his whole life. Well, now it, that doesn't ha- mean it's true. It, I'm not saying that it means it's he's true. He's been known. The, he's been known to lie once or twice. Known, they've all been known to lie. Exactly. But you have to. Every storyline on the show has not been a lie. That's true. Maybe something has to be real. You think? Better it be. could be a snow globe. Anyway, uh, I think I think we've pretty much exhausted as much as we could probably talk. Uh, we're going to get ready to close some things down here, but we'll go ahead and take uh, uh, Rachel Zisi. Hi. Um, hopefully it'll make sense. I'm uh, really tired and very cold right now. But um, back to Desmond, I thought of this. I had told my husband a while ago. And um, about if he has psychic powers or not, they said on the season two DVD and the extras that he had painted the mural in the hatch. Um, and looking back at that, there's so much stuff about the others and stuff and the sickness and stuff that, well, especially the village that's there, that he wouldn't necessarily know on his own. So perhaps he is psychic in a certain sense, and the hatch blowing up intensified it. Hmm. That's an interesting theory. And uh, Jeff Roney wants to po- come in here. Jeff, Jeff, what kind of thought do you have there? Well, um, hey, everybody. Hi. First of all, um, I think that the, the others that we've seen with the book club and all, they were there maybe, maybe all along. I mean, maybe Henry was telling the truth. Maybe he was born there. Maybe they were all there. But I do think they overtook Dharma. And I think they um, overthrew that whole process, and maybe they caused the first incident, and maybe they let all the animals go. But it's just interesting that they can't do anything. They can't bake. They can't fix any plumbing. I, mean, I don't know. It's just weird. I may be covering ground that's been covered before, but I had to say it. <laughs> so. Sure. It's, it's just strange that they, they have no skills whatsoever. Well, when you say they have no skills, what about being a fertility doctor? Okay. I mean, every time she makes some kind of food, Juliet makes some kind of food, she's like, hey, I made some soup, you know, or yeah. bread the muffins. So maybe they were, like, highly intelligent doctors, but they had no, like, normal skills as far as cooking or baking, or fixing, uh, you know, I don't know. So, okay. I, 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 not, not to argue, but um, there are a couple things. I, I think uh, what one of the things we have not talked about at all during this conversation, but we've talked about many times in the past, is the military connection. And uh, when when you're talking about skill set, Tom, uh, albeit who he is, and the fact when he's dressed up as Burly Man. Uh, he has a pretty good, he has pretty good shot. I mean, he can, sure. he, 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 he pretty much dead on shot Sawyer right in the shoulder and, uh, yeah. and then shot him right in the ear. And he did that with a, what was that? A Luger. 
And, I mean, it was a yeah. pistol. I mean, they, they, you have to be a pretty good shot to purposefully graze somebody's ear and not accidentally either miss or get them right in the head. True. So, so as far and, as... Go ahead. Well, I, I think it's interesting, too, the whole group of uh, situations that we've seen where they can only tase people and they couldn't you know, injure them all the time, but only in certain types of situations could they. I mean, you know, they, they watched uh, they watched Kate getting in and in and out of that cage. You know, they watched their little honeymoon uh, there. You know what I mean? It's just funny that they allow them to do certain things and 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 get away with it. But on other situations, I mean, they'll tase them and then, as you mentioned, on other situations, they'll shoot them. So it's just, it, it's fascinating to kind of see the levels of the whole uh, Lord of the Flies kind of a community. So. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, anyway, I wanted to uh, thank everybody for taking part in our, our live Lost podcast. I want to apologize to each and every one of you that, that Cliff was not nearly as prepared. I, I just, last week, it kind of, people just brought in and, and said, hey, let's move here, let's move here, and, and it went in its own uh, direction and and I just assumed that it might do the same tonight and I'm not I'm I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. It's like uh, obviously we had we we covered a lot of ground last week. We had a more relaxing evening. That's true, and you were less week, grumpy yes. and and I was therefore less grumpy and and short and defensive, like not... with poor Mike. Hey everybody, this is Matthew Ravenscraft. You have been listening to the Genuinely Speaking Weekly Walls podcast. With my mom and dad, Griffin and Stephanie Ravenscraft. I hope you enjoyed the show from the Weekly Walls podcast. Stay lost.